We've got some fresh hey, new young I'm talent Luis. doing something. I'm Luis. You're listening to the Content is Profit podcast. And we spent the last four years learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top marketers in the world on how to create content that turns into profit. If you'd like to learn how to turn that content into profit, just go to contentsprofit.com. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, guys. Today, today we have an awesome guest, awesome topic. Like always, the importance hey. of creative teams for your business. Ooh, this is so juicy. Ah, yes. So juicy. Hashtag juicy, juicy. Uh, but that's it. Fancy. Do we, do we have a sponsor today? I think we have a different sponsor today. Is it a different sponsor? Great Or question. Uh, no, we have the same sponsor. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know, I don't know what still, you're talking about. Today's sponsor is <laughs> your own, The Biz Bros. Yes, we sponsor our own podcast. Look how I'm holding the mic today. This is I'm like getting into it, guys. <laughs> And we sponsor our podcast with Content Momentum. And you might be asking yourself, what is Content Momentum? Well, if you produce a long-form piece of content, just like this one that you're listening to or watching, and you want to turn it into value-packed, bite-sized assets, then we want to help you out. Slide in the DMs at BizBrosco on Facebook, on Instagram. This is what we're BizBrosco. That's right. Well, you drop the mic. <laughs> the connection was out. But yeah, if you want your modern media team, just plug and play. Just give us a give us a DM, send us a message, and go ahead yeah. and follow the podcast. Go ahead, follow the podcast. Follow us on social media at Base Rose Coast, so you don't miss any of these episodes. And uh, I think that's that's Gucci Gucci. Fancy? Did I forget something? Yes, you did. Please, guys, ah. please. If this episode. If you feel this episode help you and it can help somebody that you know move them one step closer to their goal, please don't forget to share it. And like my brother said, leave a five-star review. Thank you. I don't know why you've been saying that part. That's my part. I don't know why you're saying that. Well, I didn't say it today, so you said it. That's why nah, I... I feel like you. you said it. I don't know. The, 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 the well, distance is tricking me. The distance. <laughs> all right. We are back to the episode. You know, two episodes in one day, two incredible entrepreneurs. Today's guest is bringing a new side of the creative work that we have not explored much here in the podcast. What side is that? Design. Oh, yeah. We live in a world where we are visually marketed to every single day. Personal branding and design has never been as relevant as it is today. But where do we even start when it comes to this? Today's guest has the answer to that problem. He has built a team that helps people as if they were their internal design team. That is pretty epic. Yes. He's speaking our language right now, building teams that people can leverage to grow their business. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited for this. Please welcome founder of Graphic Rhythm, Ian Bauer. What's up, guys? What's up, Ian? Thanks for having me. Dude, thank you for being here. I don't think you've noticed, but we're a little excited to have you here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right. I like that. I'm I love it. to be here. I love it. Dude, I, I, I'm ahead. a little bit more excited than my brother because I already met you, Rad, and I know how awesome you are. So I'm trying to, like, you know, be a little contagious of this energy to, to my brother. It's, the, it's, it's a challenge, man, to be in separate, like, in separate rooms. I feel like <laughs> this, me this mechanic is a little, it's a little different. A little different. Yeah, but it's uh, working. You're doing good. 
Uh, thank Appreciate you, man. Thank it, you, thank you so you know, much. He doesn't need to get me excited, man. Just the fact yeah. that you are you speak the same language, you know the the team side of things. We've we found in that like incredible value, and of course, like what you guys bring to the table. I can't wait to dive deep. Uh, before that, Ian, would you like to share a little bit of your story? Like, how does this whole journey with your company, with what you guys do, start? Well, so it's kind of a long story, like all these stories are. I feel like most of the entrepreneurs I meet tend to have like a similar story, especially like uh, like modern entrepreneurs. I'm not talking about like Y Combinator startups, but like, you know, people like us who are just hustling and grinding and building, you know. Um, and so it really just evolved out of another business I own. So uh, I have a business where we sell on Amazon and um you know, I needed a designer. I've always loved graphic design. I've always loved art. I, that's just like, like one thing that I've always absolutely just loved personally. And so I always knew that when I built my own team, I wanted a designer on it. So I, I had a designer on my team. Yeah. And so I'm in, I'm in a community of entrepreneurs and, uh, you know, they were seeing the designs that we were doing and some of the stuff that we were putting out. And, uh, you know, basically they were like, hey, could I have your designer do that for me? Uh, so sure. Yeah. Uh, you can. And so, I mean, from there, it evolved, you know, into like we started out, if you saw a graphic rhythm, we used to be called graphic rhythm designs. Okay. There's a super mouthful, you know, like talk about trying to email, you know, graphic rhythm designs. It's already terrible that we have the word rhythm in there. By the way, uh, I can empirically say that like 75% of people don't know how to spell rhythm. And uh, <laughs> like so many emails don't make it to us. But so, so we used to be graphic rhythm designs. And if you had seen our website, like when we started out, it was just like a single form, like, hey, just like send us money and then send me an email. Tell me what you want, you know, and then we've evolved now into this like suite of services that we can offer yeah. uh, agencies and small businesses. Oh, that's so that's fun. Awesome. That's I, fun. I love how you listen to the market, right? And, you know, it's it's in entrepreneurs. DNA to be like you see a problem it's like how do i solve this right and the fact that you started hearing people asking you for designs you translate that into a problem right the, what was the problem they didn't have a, a trustful designer that they could count on to do their their designs right or, or the ones that they have maybe wasn't good enough and you identify that as an opportunity right because problems are just opportunities and you decided to to go ahead and do that. And I'm curious, you know, along your, your that journey of creating graphic rhythm, was there any challenge right at, at, at one point where you were like, you know what, maybe this is not a venture that I'm willing to to chase, right? Was there something, a wall that you hit that, that it was about to stop you? But, you know, anything past that was just um, a, a big gain for you and your business? Yeah. So, um, so the model that I originally kind of came up with here, um, yeah, finding the model was, was, was a, a hard thing to do. Right. Mm. So if you look at the field of competitors that we're in, we compete with, um, other, uh, service-based agencies out there who offer like this monthly subscription for unlimited graphic design. Uh, right. And so, um, that model didn't work for me. I didn't really like it. I felt like, yeah, you know, not not that it's necessarily dishonest it's just uh, attaching the word unlimited to it and then but there was always limitations you know there there is limitations there's got to be you know like it's just, it's not like a all you can eat buffet here and so <laughs> yeah like i wanted to do something different and so what what i decided on was this system of essentially like design credits so like you subscribe to what we do and then you get 
a, a bunch of design credits and then you basically turn those credits in for design work. And now it's up front. We know that there is a limit. We know what that limit is. And it, it gives us the ability to offer like different plans and different packages and, you know, but, yeah. but it, it's super hard to explain this model. And so that was so that you, to your question, you know, like, was there a wall? Was there a challenge? And that challenge was really like explaining how this all works, you know, um, and getting people to buy into the model and the people that do buy in really, really like it. They like that. It's transparent. They like, that they could see like how much mileage they get, um, you know? So <clears throat> explaining that and getting people to buy into that model, I would say is probably one of our biggest challenges. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah, that's my. <laughs> dude, I I love this. I don't think this is something that we've actually tackled yeah. before. And uh, you know, with with our service with Content Momentum, like the the model itself on how we do the assets, right? It's it's a secret sauce. It's what allows us to create high volume with little friction, distribute with little friction, right? But I and I love your credit view, and the reason is we started to work with a software not so long ago that they're also credit based, right? So. And uh, what he did was like, he, he showed me, he's like, let me show you. This is hard to explain. Let me just show you. And I'm like, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, that is genius, right? That is so easy to understand and so easy to execute. Mm -hmm. So what, like for you and building that model, was that like right off the bat or like what, how did it, was it born out of feedback from people? I, I mean, you mentioned a little bit, you're not happy with the current models, right? And then how do you started to implement that on your day-to-day -day with your team um, to be able to execute this with clients? Right, so <clears throat> that, so the credits is, is actually the most challenging part of this whole thing. Um, you know, so think about it, like we're, we're a service business. We're not a SaaS company, we're not a software company, right? our profit margins are slim, like they are in service-based businesses, right? And so to just, you know, wrap your head around what it takes to provide a service in exchange for credits, right? So how does the client submit a design request? Where do they go and mm -hmm. see their design credits? How does the designer know how to charge uh, design credits? Does yeah. the designer even have that choice or, or is it like a, a, a canned thing? And so we had to solve all those problems. And I mean, it was painful, honestly, honestly, like we, we went through iterations of software where uh, it was just a disaster, you know, like, uh, like number one, and I'll tell you this straight up working with graphic rhythm over the last year and a half, the number one thing that you'd be frustrated about is our software, because there is no software that exists anywhere yeah. in the world that does what we need it to do, which is this, it's almost like a ticket based, it's a help desk with design credits attached to it. And mm -hmm. so we actually had to custom build software. We had, we, wow. we, uh, like, we got to a point now, everybody, all of our clients who have stuck with us over the years, you know, have stuck around for the customer service, have stuck around for the designs, have stuck around for, you know, like our culture and the quality of the work we do. They are not sticking around for the user interface at all. Right. Yeah. And so I'm really grateful for them because that momentum helped us essentially save up to build a custom software that it's like a custom portal now and you go in and it all works exactly the way I want it to work. If you join them right now, you are going to have a fundamentally different user experience than yeah. a year ago. So, I, I mean, so that's one of the things that was good. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I want to highlight the fact that you said, Hey, like this was a solution that was not in the market and we created it. Right. And uh, before that you guys focused on the client experience. Right. And we've, we talked about this on the show, like on the, what, 
the experience in general, like from your content side of things to how you deliver your product or your services, right? And I think that's so important because you mentioned like people stuck around with for these reasons, right? And then everything else that comes is value add. So as soon as you deliver that, that experience just becomes so much better, right? And there's a lot of people, and definitely this was us at the beginning, focusing on the features and like like we need to have all this stuff ready. But really, what is at the core of the product of the service that we deliver? How can we help our client really to achieve their objective, right? And then from there, mm-hmm. how are the what are these pieces that we can add to the experience that gets it better and better and better and better over time, right? And now what you guys have, I'm assuming is like this ecosystem that if somebody gets in there, right, is really challenging not just to get out, but because they're getting their they're they're getting their results, they're getting a great experience. They're getting exactly what they're paying for, right? Like they're ga- gathering incredible value. Why would they leave? So as a business side of things, it's really strong what you guys have created. And those are lessons that we can, you know, translate into really any business framework on, okay, how can we start thinking about that client experience? How can we start thinking about how can we add value to what it's already a very valuable service? So I think that's incredible that you guys were able to figure that out and create that ecosystem to make sure that it works for your team and it works for your clients as well. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think by, by building this customer, you're just on the business side of things, right? You are helping to increase that lifetime of a value, uh, that lifetime value of your customer, just because they're probably going to stay longer with you because of how well it is managed through, from beginning to, to end, how you're managing expectations with, um, the tokens that you're saying, right? So I, I think this is super, super important. But I am curious on on one thing, and this is part of the 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 part of the topic that excited me a, a lot, which is why people would decide to go to Graphic Rhythm, right? Where they could have like, let's say, and I'm doing air quotes here, their internal design team, someone you know, people that already starts knowing your brand, really good designers that they don't have to vet themselves, they don't have to hire themselves, instead of going with like a in-house solution. Because, and I'm playing devil's advocate here, right? But somebody that might be listening to this would be like, oh, but I can just hire a designer and they can do whatever I want. Why would, what, why is more actually beneficial, you know, to go with someone like, like you guys, like graphic design? Yeah, well, so you brought up a couple of points and, um, you know, the common refrain is that it's cheaper. Um, but the fact is, is it's not cheaper, really. Um, it's not cheaper. It, you, you could um, you could go find somebody offshore who's a great graphic designer, hire them to your company for the same amount of money that you would pay us to do it. Right. Um, and so, it's, and, and, you know, like it's popular uh, in, you know, in my field to like, quote, like hiring a internal designer is 40000 or $60,000 a year. But that's if you're hiring somebody in the U.S. and you yeah. can easily get around it. Here's the key, though. That graphic designer that you hire is a one trick pony. And it, that's just the nature of graphic design. Mm-hmm. You know, like your designer might be a Viking in illustration. But when you ask them to put together like a, a social media banner using pre-made vector assets or something like that, or layout and design or typography or create a logo, they drop the ball. So now you need another designer, right? Mm-hmm. And that designer has a specialty and they have a wheelhouse that they're, you know, excellent in, right? So, uh, you, you know, the, in order to get a well-rounded experience, in order to, you know, 
complete what you need as far as a graphic design skill set, you actually need multiple people. And so that's why working with a team is going to be a better kind of, I, I like the word bolt on solution for your business where now you have a team. Uh, we have, you know, you have access to a creative director when you work with us, you have access to illustrators, you have access to typography experts, you have access to logo designers. Um, we don't publicly offer right now um, as part of our design service, any video editing, but we're about to ramp up to do that because like two or three guys on our team are great at motion graphics and editing uh, video. And so we're like, okay, we get asked all the time how to do this. So why don't we just figure out how to do it? So having access to that team who has a variety of different skill sets and could be there really in any way you want, that's the secret sauce as far as I'm concerned is that, is that you're, you're not just bolting on a designer, you're bolting on an entire design department, which yeah. is the, which is the key. Yeah. Yes. I, Oof, man, I love that that answer. Being honest, like the the answer that we've thought for that question that I've that I've made you, I've answered in very in different ways, but I've never answered the way you just did. I love that, and that is true. Like every designer has their specialty, right? They're like what what you call a one trick pony, and it's the same in in the creative industry. Usually, people have their one specialty. For example, the other day I was at a coffee shop and the barista, he was telling me that he graduated from Savannah School School of Design, right? And I was like, oh, cool, what do you do? And he's like, I literally just do After Effects for explosions. He's like, that's all I do. And I was like, that's it? Like, I mean, you, you I was like, obviously, I, I don't know about the industry, but I was like, well, you went to school for years just to like do explosions. And I'm sure it's totally worth it. I'm sure it's a very difficult skill, right? But that gave me the kind of like that perception that you're talking about, like, wow, there's one trick pony. And if they want to do a full on production, they're going to need a lot of other people. Right. And it's yeah. the same for the business. Right. It's so, so key what you're mentioning for us. We talk about not also, but the cost of learning. Right. If you have that one person, one trick pony that they need to learn something else, a new skill is going to take them time, which that is your business resources that you're spending on them, right? Uh, and sometimes you just need that turnaround a little bit faster. You know, you cannot wait for that person to learn certain skill to do something. Then the other thing is the cost of hiring, right? I mean, we might hire. It, let's get let's get this straight. Like the first person that we hire is not not always the best person, right? A lot of times we're gonna have a, some turnover, internal turnover, right there. And we're gonna have to fire some people and hire new people, and that is time that you're wasting and resources that you're wasting training the people that you're bringing in. So there's a big cost involved with having internal teams that I feel like small businesses might not be able to, you know, take that risk. So when it comes to somebody like you for yourself, right, that already have this uh, this team with lots of different skills. And you already had the processes in place for people to go in there and tap into those resources as fast as possible. That is a game changer because now they can just take advantage of it. Yeah. And I I have a question on the team side of things and, and how you built it to that might bring some light into people that want to do it themselves and then evolve from here. And obviously the 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 solution, if they want to do design, go to you. If they want to do long from content into awesome assets, they come to us, right? So so here's but like I wanna what was that how was that transition from you one man shop to building the team, right? Because that has been such an important piece 
for us last year inside of our company, that's when we transitioned from freelancers to to a, t a solid team that now executes the service side of things, right? So a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of the people that listen to us are in that stage where they need to transition, right? They need to go there. So how was your experience doing that transition where like, okay, I have this idea. I know that we can deliver a ton of value. We've heard the feedback, right? Here's the product. Now, what are what was that challenge for you going for I, from idea to team? Well, so um, it was never me by myself because I'm not a designer. But um, you know, so I, I my what our creative director, one of our creative directors who's still with me now, actually started this business with me. Essentially, yeah, you know, and uh, she was the one who. Like before it was even a business, I was like sending work to for clients, you know, and um, for our business in particular, the curve seems to have been like, you know, there there's people in a business who are production people, right? Yeah. And that's probably true of most businesses, but they're, they're the people that produce the thing, you know, and so for us, that's obviously graphic designers. And as our volume of business grew, we added on more graphic designers, right? Um, and, but at a certain point I was like, you know, I'm really bad at telling designers how to do design. Like I shouldn't be doing that. You know, um, I'm really kind of just relying on, on them to know what the hell they're doing. Right. And just telling them good or bad, you know, I need somebody in here who can really provide uh, support for them. So that's when I first hired a creative director. Uh, so he was our first creative director. Now I mentioned, Uh, uh, my first employee, she was pro eventually promoted to creative director, but you know, like we, we needed a creative director in here. So that was like one of the first hires. Right. Yeah. And so um, after that, now it, now it's much easier to grow the business because now I have somebody who can speak the language of design. And by the way, we should talk about this later about like what the um, one of the biggest challenges that I see with clients, because it's interesting, but yeah, he helped, he helped with that. We, we should talk about it, but Um, but then what really over the last year, what I've been doing is I've been thinking about what I do on a daily basis and finding other people to do it. Right. So there's like this whole operations piece that I was doing where I was like managing projects and, and like moving things around and putting things in the right place and, you know, making sure I'm chasing up due dates and stuff like that. And I'm like, geez, you know, like I'm tired of doing this. You know, I want to I want to be on podcasts. I don't want to be doing operations. So I hired an operations director. Right. And so she took all that. But the thing about hiring an operations director is that person does not contribute directly to the bottom line. They're not a producer. Right. And so you have to kind of get to a place where you can make space in your business for those non-producing people. Um, and so then there's other people, you know, customer service agents, account managers, uh, marketing managers, you know, all those people that are kind of auxiliary, but they're all like pieces of what I do, you know? So I take a chunk of what I do and give it to somebody else, a chunk of what I do and give it to somebody else. And that's really the role, the way I've approached it. You know, like right now we're looking for a customer service manager because I'm tired of being a customer service person, you know? And so we're, we'll train her. And then, then all I could do all day long is be on podcast. So yeah, that's the goal. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. the fun part, right? The fun part is just being on podcast, creating content. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and let, let, let's go to that question that you wanted to to talk about that challenge with with the clients that you mentioned. Um, before we go that there, though, I love the way you just you just literally gave like a little blueprint on how to build a business, right? You start doing things, 
And then when you have processes and something that you don't want to do or the moment that you need to hand it off to someone, you get that someone in place and you focus first on those people that are going to be producing for you, right? Helping you with, with the business and most important activities. And we relate a lot to that because right now we're looking, my brother is actually the one that is uh, in charge of clients communications, right? He's that operations guy, right? And recently we actually, he actually delegated part of those activities to one of our new team member. And I can feel, I can tell he just <laughs> lifted a huge weight off his shoulder. Yeah. And now I was like, okay, when is the next person, operations person that can help us with managing client work so we can be in podcasts all the time right <laughs> uh, like having fun and, and talking and, and sharing our ideas which is is great um but at the same time like we we need to still focus on those um producing activities as well right we need to still do sales outreach all that all that other other stuff that the business doesn't grow with without um so yeah let, let's go back to that biggest challenge with, with your clients i'm curious what what is that because you i mean you are like this is very important yeah so and i'm not going to make any friends by saying this so <laughs> bear with me but so, the um in, in a lot of the in most of the cases where clients come to us and we work with them the biggest problem is actually the clients right mm. and, and so and and that was kind of our secret sauce when we started out um, that was that was my secret sauce. That was who I was in the business. Is I was the guy who translated whatever came out of your mouth, Mister Client, into something that a designer could produce, right? Yeah. And so, um, and you know, like, and so that that went back to like what I was saying with our creative director, him helping facilitate that process by basically, you know, the the most clients, most people, I think, um, struggle with creativity. Uh, or or struggle to put their ideas into words or describe what they're looking for or describe their end result. Mm -hmm. And so we actually spend time, we create training material, you know, in the form of content, you know, that's essentially like, how, you know, here's how to write a good design brief. Here's how to work with a designer, you know. Um, and a good example of that is um, I call it poisoning the well, mm. where a, uh, a designer or, or a designer gives a client something and the, and the client doesn't like it, right? So the client immediately starts, put, they put on their creative director hat, they're now an art director, and they start saying, uh, can you reduce the shadows in the bottom left corner by 50% and increase the uh, size of the font by two points or, you know, and so they give all this like creative direction and then it becomes a disaster, right? So the designer is just like, all right, they told me exactly what to do, I'm gonna go do it and it comes out bad. Well, why did it come out bad? Well, because you're not a designer. Right. And so the, the things that you were telling the designer to do are ac incorrect, actually. Yeah. And instead, and here's a takeaway for everybody. Instead, use this format, say it's too, it's too dark. It's too crowded. It's too soft. It's too light. And then let the designer figure out how to solve that without giving okay. specific design direction. So there you go. Yeah. That's the biggest problem. Uh, that, I, I love that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, we both were like, yes, please, let's do this because, okay. Uh, and I just right here, the It's To framework. And yeah, that's going to be your framework that's going to be coined in the content is profit, uh, you know, vault of amazing value things. And and I and I feel you, right? Because we obviously deal with a lot of video and, and we, we do content map structure. And there are a lot of the frameworks that on how we operate on the content side of things, it was created 
by us. Like it's very it's very different on how other people might be able to create content. We've we've been around and we've seen and we're producing different ways. And because we wanted a certain output, we had to create kind of like your system on the on the back end and, and the software for us is the way and this is the M2M system that we use to create this stuff, right? So the first challenge and I can totally relate to this was how to translate that system into the, the staff, the team, right? Because they're coming with these different abilities, right? And they're coming together <clears throat> to put together this these, uh, batch process, right? Uh, so we had to create a language, not just for uh, not just for the system. And this is something that we showed the other day in our in our community with the Forty Five Live. We showed them the behind the scenes, not only on how we structure all the file systems, like from there to how do we communicate. With, there's different stages: the value index, the content map, the assets, like the coding that goes behind the titles of each of the assets, right? So there's a whole language that goes around that, and it's been awesome because. Now that you broke it down the way that you did, it's it's been a process that we've been implementing with our clients. We're like the first couple sessions is literally we're gonna teach you exactly how do we communicate in this specific sense so uh, we don't lose anything. And I love the it's two framework. We start we're actually gonna start applying that to that communication because it solves a, a ton of a ton of issues. So uh, I I want to give you props for for that and and sometimes because. We're the technicians. We're the ones that are implementing it. That connection between the operations side of thing and the client that they're in a different mindset. They don't know, and the way that you guys were able to create content and educate your people around how to communicate effectively with your team, it's awesome. It's all part of that ecosystem, right? So I encourage people listening right now, like think about your service. Think about your product, right? What is the gap in between in communication with that? Especially if you if you deliver a service, what is that gap? And then you can coach your people like on on how to do that. And Ian, with your friend with the it's too, that's a great way to to do so. Uh, so awesome, man! Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Oh. It, it always it always surprised me how and I used to be a victim of this, right? They deliver something to you, and then you put that creative hat on, like you said. And you just start going like, oh, no, do this X, Y, and C, right? Like, we put on that perfectionist hat on. It has to be perfect instead of, like, putting it out there. Also, when clearly we don't have design skills, if mm-hmm. somebody else with design skills is giving me that, I, th- that is probably better than what I, ha- I have <laughs> envisioned myself, right? And that took a lot of work for us, right? I, I, personally, I was like, oh, man, like I, I would change certain things. But then I would remind myself, guess what? That person is a better designer than me or that person is a better video editor than me. I'm just going to let let them do it and I'm just going to publish it. Do you know, you know, when, when we go to perfectionism, right? And all these people, do you think that's some sort of insecurity of just actually publishing whatever they're getting from their side? Or what is it? Why do, why do you think people want to like micromanage to that level instead of I'm getting some awesome assets that I wouldn't have been able to do myself, right? Let me publish them instead of, oh, no, no, I need to change X, Y, C and all this other stuff. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Um, we definitely see that range of clients where some of them are like, hey, yeah, this looks great. Let's just, you know, go with it. And then. I mean, I could count on one hand the number of refunds we've had, and the, the, and it's always it's always been people who are like, you know, like they have to like micromanage and absolutely control yeah. everything, yes. and I haven't been able to talk them off the ledge. You know, like mm. yeah, a lot of times I could like wade into the fray, 
and like pull designer and client apart and just be like, hey, everybody, just let's just settle down here. Let's go back to the beginning and look where we went off track here. Um, you know, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it is. I think it's the same. Whatever it is, though, it's the same thing. It's the same exact mentality that uh, new business owners have where they want to like make sure everything is perfect before they launch. It's that same idea like, oh, I have to have the perfect business name. I have to have the perfect URL. I have to have the perfect website. Mm-hmm. You know, like all these things are stopping me from launching. But like, you know, there's this, I, I'm uh, personally of the belief that uh, speed is better always. Like being f- first, being faster is better than being perfect. Um, yeah. And so- yeah yeah we, we I, oh we, yeah yeah we're in the same page yeah <laughs> totally and and it's funny because like right before this interview we had our staff call right and we were working them through a new positioning that we might be taking a very short amount of time uh on how do we explain what we do on and at the high level right so we have the service right and then now we have an amazing community that's starting to publish every single day and one of the one of the questions that one of our staff members had was like hey guys why don't you like you guys should be teaching on how to do content, right? How to create content. And we're like, no, we don't want to go there. We were there because we we were serving a few a couple of years back these uh, brick and mortar businesses where we had to convince them that long form content was a really effective way to create content with the assets that we can create. So we actually go to the location and film, right? But this is the thing: we had to coach them on how to deliver that message because they were not familiar. They didn't know how to do that, right? So they will do it, and then the final product will come out, which is exactly the process that we sell, right? And then they will be like, "I don't like it." I'm like. But why don't you like it? Well, because of what I said. It's not the right... Me- and I'm like, okay, we're, this is not a production issue. This is a messaging issue, which is you, right? And so we had to coach a lot of people through this. And we're like, man, we didn't know what we didn't know at the time, right? So we're like, okay, mm-hmm. here's maybe this is the way that we got to do it. So how what we've learned over time is learning exactly who is the person that we want to work with so the people that we serve on the on the service side of things is people that they have their messaging down they have been consistent over time so and and the people that we want to bring into the community that are coming into the community are people that are discovering that that message so maybe that product right is that's what it serves but i still don't want to don't want to teach for capacity level maybe at some point in the future that might be one of those pieces of content that it puts out just like you guys do from the educational level but at the client level right if you're running an agency who's that person who's your ideal person that can communicate with you what is that 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 pedigree that they already have to know to be able for us to execute to the best of our ability so you guys can maximize the results in your business so it was it was fun to have that conversation because we're like at the service level, if I get somebody that wants a product, wants to do it, will execute consistently, but they're not clear on their message, that's going to create a ton of friction on the back-to-back because the communication is not going to be the same, which is similar to the to the situation that you just described. So I want to encourage everybody listening, right? What is that? Who's that right person? Like, wh- at what level do they need to be? And we start communicating. And there, if there's gaps... How can we bridge that gap? Like, for example, like Ian was saying, creating that, that those pieces of content to teach him on how to communicate with the team and so on. So I, I think that the fact that you're laying out this blueprint on how to build your team, how to communicate between client and operation side of things is incredible, man. So I want to say thank you. And those are some of the ideas that we have distilled over, over the conversation that I feel is super useful, especially if you're in a position that you want to build a team or especially if you want design work definitely go to ian uh go to the yeah. links right in the description 
That's it. As simple yeah. as that. <laughs> Ian, you know, like we've talked a little bit about uh, challenges, like your, your story, of course, the importance of having, you know, kind of like outsourcing the team instead of, of you doing your own hiring. But I'm curious now on why or what do you see is the importance of, you know, design and personal branding or design inside of, of a business, right? Especially nowadays. And like, I would, lo I would love to explore that idea. I actually had a follow-up question to that, but I forgot it. So I'm <laughs> going gonna, gonna to remember it in just a second. That's why you write get stuff, back to that That's why you have to write stuff. What's going on? I know. That's, that's why I have my, my pen and paper here. I forgot to write that question. Um, right. So, I mean, obviously, I, th I feel like design is very important. Um, but besides just my feelings about it, uh, there's actually some kind of like juicy stuff out there. Uh, Adobe puts out uh, a state of create report. And the most recent one I looked at, it was something like 80% of uh, consumers say that they're more willing to buy from a brand that has a good visual presence. I'm, I don't, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to remember what that quote is, but you can check it out. Adobe state of create report. It's kind of interesting, but also, and this is something we haven't really talked about. Like we talked about our daily design, which is a design credit subscription, but actually a huge part of our business is, is creating Amazon graphics. So designs specifically mm -hmm. for the Amazon marketplace, right? So imagery storefront designs, um, And, you know, anything that, that has to do with Amazon and that whole ball of wax includes copywriting, it includes uh, design direction. So you're not working wow. directly with a designer, you're working with a manager. But um, what we have seen from that marketplace is that and, and from the world at large is that they're really driving towards this visual world. We are becoming a visual world. We always were, but now it's happening digitally. And if you think yeah. about like the rise, you know, when was the last Facebook really that, that appeared? It didn't, you know, it's been Instagram, it's been TikTok, it's been Pinterest, you know, these visual marketplaces, video marketplaces, mm -hmm. Amazon and other marketplaces are making a huge push, push into the visual world where they're prioritizing imagery, they're prioritizing video. And so, um, a design is is a great way to quickly communicate information, you know, and it's really advertising. Anytime you create a design, I don't care if it's social media or Instagram or, you know, or an Amazon image or a Shopify image or a blog header or whatever. The point is, is that you're communicating information rapidly. And so yeah. um, there's two takeaways from that, which is, first of all, do it right. Um, and don't just make it pretty, make it uh, powerful, make it impactful. Um, and then two, I really believe that it's important to make it consistent, right? Um, so it should look like you, right? And I always use the the, um, the example of Neil Patel, right? Whenever you see, whenever I come across a website, because he's got all these different properties, right? Whenever I come across a property that's like predominantly that orange color, that like Neil Patel orange color, I always go and look like, is this one of his companies, right? Because I associate that, that color with him. And if you check out... Yeah any of his stuff he's got that orange color always in his background always on his website you know always in his designs yeah and so you know you could do essentially the same thing you know through through design by creating like a signature thing you know if you look graphic rhythm we've got that like um purple pink gradient all the time yeah. we've always got like this dot grid pattern that we put on everything you know so what i want is when people come across us in the wild Uh, if they come across something with a, 
with a uh, pink and purple gradient background and a dot grid uh, design feature on there, I want them to go, I wonder if that's from graphic rhythm, you know? And so it starts to inoculate people into your brand. It's And, and the thing about that is, is that looking good uh, creates trust. It really does. And, you know, mm-hmm. the gas station model is a great example of that, right? So gas stations have existed forever, um, but the ones that look like hell, you know, that are dirty and that, you know, have like old signage out front, people are less willing to do that than to go to, I'm going to use Sheets. I don't know I don't know how far Sheets has reached, but, you know, Sheets, Wawa, you know, yeah. these kind of like, yeah. um, uh, you know, chain gas stations where everything is super polished. They're, now it's a brand. You feel yeah. confident going in there. Like, you know from the outside that the bathroom is going to be clean on the inside, you know, like, and so that confidence is really the goal of good design, of, of really presenting yourself, uh, you know, confidently. So. Yeah, I, I love it. Kind of like the see, yeah, that's storefront um, kind of like view perspective on design, right? Like if people perceive it to be clean, they assume what's on the other side is clean too. Whether that is processes, customer service, all that stuff, right? And it, it doesn't take too much to to look around, right, and find the the best brands that you see they have awesome and clean designs as well, right? I mean, we, we use Apple everything and they're just so simple, so clean. And when you go to a store and you see this, everything, right? And I, I love that that gas station <laughs> comparison because as you mentioned that, I was like, oh yeah, I never, I always skip the, the sketchy looking ones. I was like, <laughs> I, I don't want anything bad to happen to me, you know? So just keep driving and find the next yeah. one. I mean, think, um, about, think about the Wawas, you know, you mentioned Wawas, yeah. like they're exploding where we are and it's like people just go hang out at Wawas, right? They have Tesla charging stations at Wawas and you're like, what is this? Like it's turning into a mall experience really. And uh, people like basically the sandwiches are delicious over there too. So uh, be, be the Wawa of design. <laughs> or yeah. be the- of, course, of course you would go for food. Uh, Absolutely. All the time, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the has they has been awesome. I, I really I'm, I'm enjoying this conversation. I'm curious on you know, do you have an action point for people out there that maybe they have not implement they have not seen design the way you see it, the one the way you just explain it, right? It's like hey, it's like the storefront for for you and your business. How can they start implementing that, right? Like how can they start working on better designs on on their brand or how can they start, you know, looking for what are some things that they can find when they're looking for better creative teams that they can, you know, put into your into their business? Um, well, so there's a few a few different ways that I can answer this. And um, the first part of that question is a revelation that I just kind of had while we were talking, which is that I think that one of the ways that you can hack Uh, your authority levels when you're starting out is to do really good at presenting yourself as professional. So that was just kind of like an idea that, that I just, that just occurred to me. Like if you're a new business or starting out, maybe think about how to, you know, basically uh, build authority and build uh, confidence right from the get go by having a good, uh, good design, a good, like, you know, visual presence in the world. So that's one thing. Now I want to share a quick, story about when I hired my creative director because um, because that was also a revelation to me when it happened. And it's fun. I love that revelation 
because one of the things is uh, part of our services is uh, is to do visual discovery, and it's like this this great moment when it clicks with somebody. What I'm about to describe, and that's cool because I get to do it all the time. So, um, I created the very first logo for Graphic Rhythm, right? I don't know why it was, and I'll tell you why. Because remember what I said um, that designers are are one trick ponies sometimes. Well, yeah. my designer, who was awesome, she created great Amazon images. She was like a, a print on demand superhero. She could do T-shirts all day long. Like she could do so much cool stuff. But but she was terrible at logos. She was really terrible at logos. <laughs> um, and so I was like, all right, well, I mean, I'll just do it then, right? So I made this terrible logo. But I don't I don't know if it would have been better or worse than hers. But I made this <laughs> terrible logo, right? So then I bring on this creative director and it's so funny because he, he comes on board and he like takes me aside. And he's like, Hey man, um, would you mind if I redid our logo? I'm like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And your, your ego who was like, uh, what? <laughs> I, I'm thankful. I don't have much of one when it comes to that. Cause I was ready to hand yeah. it off. I was like, yeah, please just go, go take it. <laughs> yeah, right. And so he was actually, the one that came up with the way graphic rhythm looks right now. But here's mm. the cool thing. And here's what I want everybody to really kind of experience is, you know, like we had a conversation about, all right, well, well, what do you want to project? Who do you want to be perceived as? What feeling do you want a customer to have when they interact with you? You know, what, um, what culture, what impact? Like, so we, we established all these like kind of like brand attributes that were important. And then the result was like a boom, you know, like, wow, you know, like I loved it right from the first, uh, first thing. So that was really cool. And then, you know, we do that all the time. And recently um, I brought a partner on with graphic rhythm and uh, we were talking about uh, logo and, and like visual identity. And he's like, man, like I th to me, a logo should be like 50 bucks. I'm like, hold on a minute. Right. And, and it's, and, and that proceeded like two weeks before he had said that. And then two weeks later, he's like, you know, like we went on Fiverr to try and get a, a packaging design made and it just looks terrible. I'm like, hold on a minute. Let's let's get on a call. So I got on a call with him and I was like, all right, so tell me, like, who are your customers? What do you want them to feel? You know, like, what should they experience when they open up your new product and look at it? Right. And at the end of it, he's like, that was amazing. You know, like, I just I feel heard. I feel understood. I feel like, you know, and then when we present that to him. Uh, you know, that it all comes together. It's like, wow. All right. You know, like you have just like translated, you've taken things out of my brain that I didn't know how to take out and you put them yeah. visually. So your question was, what should people do starting out? And I think that, I mean, at a basic level, do some research. We have some assets on our site that you could look at for like creating a mood board, right? Which is you collect designs from around the internet you put them together on the one sheet so that a designer can know like what you're going for at a minimum choose a couple of font pairings they're again super easy to google go go do that choose choose a font pairing you like um, and then choose a color palette right if if you are super diy and you just need to get going that's a good place to start and then if you can you're consistent about using those things then you're you're going to be ahead of a lot of people um but I really think that there's a lot of value to having a professional visual identity created for you because that's going to be super impactful. Um, you know, having a professional designer kind of like really take it apart and put it back together the way that you want it to look. So that's what I think. Yeah. Absolutely. That's all awesome. Fun. Thank you. I think, yeah. I think that's a great, great place to start for sure. I mean, yeah. I, I, that takes some level of self-assessment, honestly, right? Like looking at yourself and asking some, some questions that maybe you skip because 
someone started way too fast sometimes and you're like, okay, I haven't even thought about how to want people to perceive me and my brand. Yeah. On, a, on our side too, like a lot of the messages, hey, especially with publishing, it's like, okay, how do we, how do we remove the friction from executing on publishing, right? And uh, that has been the 45 Live kind of challenge theme. But after that, there's there's different levels that we achieve, right? So uh, those are elements that people can start thinking about. How do they elevate, right? While they already are ta mm. taking action and executing on, right? So I think this is great. And uh, as I'm walking through like our own process, right? There's elements in here that that reflect that. And uh, and uh, you know, it was born at a place from a person that is not a designer, right? The whole process was designed by us that we're not really designers, but we're like, okay, what is that feeling? And I think that communication needs to happen with that designer, right? That that can translate all these thoughts, all this vision yep. into something tangible, like you said, right? And elevate that trust and that level. So I think it's wonderful what you guys do mm -hmm. out there. And uh, this has been super helpful, not only for us, but also for the for the people tuning in and, and listening. And so thank you for, for sharing yeah uh yeah and this was this was awesome yeah i appreciate it yeah Fancy. thank you so for so we have two more questions for you right okay the first one is where would you be right and so we, we usually ask people where would you be if you didn't publish but for you is where would you be if you didn't have taken on this um you know venture of creating graphic rhythm where would I be? I don't, I don't know. I, 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 that's a great question. I have no idea. I'd be doing something else like it. <laughs> you know, um, I, I've definitely got that like entrepreneurial spirit where I'm like, I have to actively prune back my ideas and be like, <laughs> no, don't do that. Just stop. <laughs> like I've got other stuff to do. No, you know, do you know how many you are buy? Oh yeah. I'm just like, yeah. That's a great idea. I'm going to go buy the URL <laughs> right now and I've got it. And then, so, you know, like, 10 years from now it like renews every year and i never do it with it you know so i think that if it wasn't for graphic rhythm i would definitely be you know doing some other business for uh, for sure yeah yeah that's interesting that's interesting. And, and the the urls to totally resonate you know those apps that now you see the the commercials that is like see how many subscriptions you have <laughs> i'm sure like 90 percent of those subscriptions is a yearly url renovations that that, that we get in in there <laughs> Um, so thank you for sharing, Ian. And then the last one is where can people find you? Where can people connect with you if they want, you know, Graphic Rhythm to be part of their team and to work on their designs? Where do they go? Uh, yeah, so you should head to uh, www.graphicrhythm.com. Um, feel free to check out everything we do there. Uh, one thing I haven't said is we're really a full stack design agency. So our goal is to be a lifelong design partner. So Whatever you need, that's exactly what we want to do for you. So, yeah, graphicrhythm.com is the place to go. Awesome. Guys, I want to encourage everybody that's listening to go check them out. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Do you have, like, a, a trial test or something that they can go ahead and, and, you know, like, learn a little bit more about you experience, you guys? So our portfolio is on our site, and then we offer a 30-day money-back guarantee so just there try us out if you don't like it we'll give you your money back definitely hey that's awesome guys please, please go go check him out this yeah this has been amazing thank you so much man yeah with everything that we've Thanks heard today me. i don't think you're gonna have an issue with the 30-day money back guarantee i don't think people, yeah 
I don't think people take that one. They just continue <laughs> their relationship. So it's going to be super awesome. Uh, yeah. Sounds good. All right. With that said, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow everywhere on the podcast, on social media, at Co and Content is Profit. Uh, that is right. Yeah. And if you find this episode impactful, please, please don't forget to share it with somebody and, and leave a five-star review. Thank you. Bye, guys.